Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. First and foremost, we want to announce we're going to be doing our first ever, what do we call it? The Listener's Choice. Listener's Choice Contest. So starting today, we're going to offer you the chance to pick an album that we will actually review. And it could be a wonderfully classic album, or it could be something completely ridiculous it'll be totally up to you and so we're going to ask you to leave us a review you know wherever you find and listen to your podcast and in the review you know write down which album you'd like for us to do if you've already done a review which first of all thank you for doing that and then secondly take a screenshot of it share it on instagram or twitter at finest work songs and then list which album you'd like for us to to do we'll do a poll uh, afterwards and the people can vote for which album we will end up uh, reviewing the power is in your hands people we also gotta say hola to our listeners in chile hola (laughs) yeah (laughs) apparently we were the number four music commentary podcast in chile last week that's right we've now dropped out of the rankings but we're hoping you know we we you move back up with a bullet i feel like if we recognize them with their home language that We'll sure. shoot back up. Yeah. See. So, hola. Hola. <laughs> Como esta? That is the extent of my Spanish right yeah, there. I'm done. We've got a friend with us today. May I introduce you to Dwayne Davis. Hey, guys. Good to be here. You thought I was going to say Johnson, didn't you? Matt? I did. I was like, oh. <laughs> I, do, I do go by The Rock, so you can just call me that. I'll be fine. Sweet. That's how, I, that's how I got him to show up this morning, is I told him that Dwayne Johnson was coming. <laughs> I've known Dwayne for years, and Dwayne, every year goes by, you grow deeper and deeper into this obsession with Bob Dylan. It, it has become an obsession. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than just a fandom. So, Dwayne, what, uh, what are we doing today? Yeah, we're going to look at Blood on the Tracks. Suddenly I turned around and she was standing there With silver bracelets on her wrists and flowers in her hair She walked up to me so gracefully and took my crown of thorns Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm When I thought of the idea of coming on the podcast, I thought um, there's a number of different Dylan albums that we could do. Does he have more than one? 37. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should apologize for being fanboy. No, that's also. why you're here. We're going to take the deep dives. Yeah, so there's a number of albums, albums I feel like I could have chosen to do, but this is one that comes back as in my top two or three and a favorite that I go back to listening to. And as I was listening to it this week, I really felt like there's a bit of accessibility to it. It's it's an album that I want everyone to listen to because I think they might start liking Bob Dylan if they listen to it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Julie, my wife, will say, "Is this the weird Bob Dylan?" <laughs> <laughs> so, like when you're doing when you when you write that much material, there's going to be bad stuff. Yeah, but then there's also the greatness mm-hmm. too. And so, this is one that's like strays away from the weirdness and just song after song after song includes a lot of the greatness. Yeah. Also, thanks for picking a real lighthearted album for us, Dwayne. Hey, you know, after Dookie. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to go. That's right. <laughs> from there. Yeah. I mean, I, we could have done Def Leppard or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, we'll listeners, we'll you a, get we'll, to pick. We'll do at least one Def Leppard. Yeah, that's right. As always, we like to start with memories. So, uh, Matt, for you, what is your what is your memory of Bob Dylan's Blood on the Tracks? I'm coming in this kind of cold actually as far as like the album goes as i was listening this week to the the album 
you know, some of the songs hit me like, oh yeah, oh, I do know that one. Oh, oh yeah, there's there's that song, and and you hear little bits here or there. I'm not the most educated Bob Dylan fan. I've got like maybe a couple of its like greatest hits albums, and and there's you know obviously just the huge catalog of songs that you just always you know run into, and and you you hear you hear so many other people. You know, doing Bob Dylan songs through the years, and 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 even on this album, there's at least one song where I was like, "Oh, okay, I I have a better familiarity with that version of it than his." So you know, from from an album standpoint, you know, it's it's not one I know extremely well. But I think you know, Dwayne, your point, I mean, as I was listening to it, it is an accessible album. Production is super clean and it's it's for for a, a pretty dark subject matter of an album i almost think of the production as very light you can put this album on while you're you know cooking breakfast on a saturday morning and kind of get like a little hop in your step if you're not you know thinking about the lyrics and the, the subject matter so yeah I'm, I'm excited to to really get get the you know, both of your perspectives on on this album you know why it's as um you know vital as it is. It's generally well known that most people do his songs better than him, right? Right. Uh, no. <laughs> Hard no. <laughs> Part of my plan is just to troll Dwayne. I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. So, and I was like, this podcast is usually pretty funny, but I'm going to be serious. <laughs> I am a defender. That's right. You're on a mission, man. Uh, Dwayne, what about you? Oh, yeah. So uh, here's my Bob Dylan story. It's It's the whole thing, really. I didn't grow up listening to Dylan and don't really usually listen to this type of music, whatever you want to call Dylan in general, like roots rock or whatever. Mm -hmm. I listen to punk and indie rock and things like that. I was moving away from Asheville and it was kind of a harder moment in my life. Mm -hmm. And I had a really good friend who was kind of a mentor. I I consider him sort of like a sage like Mm -hmm. figure who was always going around quoting Bob Dylan. You know, I would say, Hey, here's a, here's a problem I'm having. And he would kind of quote some lines. He's like, Oh yeah, it's from, you know, and then three weeks later I would be like, that's right. You know, that made sense (laughs) out of the problem. But at the time I'm like, what is this guy talking about? (laughs) When I moved from Asheville, he bought me, he called it the Bob Dylan starter kit. (laughs) Oh, nice. And he gave me five CDs. Wow. Um, It was the times they are a change in blonde on blonde, blood on the tracks, saved and time mm. out of mind. And he wrote me a long letter. I brought it. I can show you guys That's later. Awesome. But he wrote me a long letter and he compared each each album to a um, book of the Bible. Oh, and he wow. was like, imagine that you've never read the Bible and someone just says, hey, go read Leviticus. Go read First Samuel. And then e- each one, it was like, this album is like that. And this oh, album wow. is like that. And so... I didn't even have a CD player <laughs> like, <laughs> at that time. Thanks, friend. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I didn't even have a CD player, but it, there was something so intentional about the gift that I was like, I'm going to find a CD player, I'm going to put each CD in, and I'm going to listen from start to finish, mm-hmm. you know, to each album in order. And so I sat in my office and I, I needed things to do that would cheer me up or at the you know, help me join in the misery or whatever. Yeah. And I became a huge Bob Dylan fan from that moment forward. And part of the reason is because there's so many rabbit trails. Like as soon as you get into it, you're mm-hmm. kind of lost, you know, cause you're like, Oh, there's this song, there's this cover, there's this version, mm-hmm. this live track. It also, I wanted to tell you guys changed the way I listen to music 
just in general, Mm -hmm. because instead of just hearing a catchy tune or listening to some of the lyrics, I started paying really close attention to how entire albums work together. Mm -hmm. I kind of became a critic. Like I started reading the way I read novels or whatever. And what I did after that is I was like, Hey, I'm going to listen to five Rolling Stones albums. I'm going to listen to five Neil Young albums, five Beatles albums. And then, so Mm -hmm. instead of just like, here's a song here, which is easy to do in kind of this digital age, I started like really paying attention to how albums work together. And I, I don't, I don't really think I listen to music the same way after that. Wow. That's cool. That's my story. You know, a lot of people say that, um, Dookie is like the Psalms. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that all the time. Yeah, so, I mean, that's right. in perfectly. <laughs> I like to think that your friendship with Troy, that you go through hard times and he just quotes Dookie to you. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Actually, with him, it would be lines from Coming to America, but that's a whole other story. That's classic. Story. Yeah. I mean, and there is something about Dylan fans. Like, it's it's sort of like Trader Joe's. You know, people that like Trader Joe's mm-hmm. don't just shop there. Like, they love shopping right. there, and they want you to shop there. Yep. And there's something about Bob Dylan that's kind of like that. Like, people that get into it and kind of take the deep dive end up sort of becoming evangelists. Yeah, yeah. that's true. I, lo- I love this idea of, t- of taking five albums, or, or it could be three, or however many, but then you know, just really diving into the whole album. Cause you know, that's one thing, some of the comments we've gotten with this podcast. And, and I mean, I don't think we you know, profess to be like music experts at all, but like I've had people say, you know, you guys really listen to the albums, you know, and you're really paying attention to the albums. And that's a great way to, to do that is to really just say, I'm, I'm going to listen to you know five of this artist and just really dive into it. That's cool. Yeah. It's a lost art album listening. Mm-hmm. And even I think the way a lot of, modern musicians are making music is not with the album in mind. And uh, I think that the way things are moving are away from that. It's not going to die, but, no. but Elbow, which mm-hmm. is my favorite active band, they, with their most recent album for some promotional album day or something like that, they put out their CD with no uh, breaks. So there's one track, it's the whole album. So you can't skip tracks. It's a way to compete against yeah. what's sort of our natural tendency now, which yeah. is just like one song, Scoop, one song. Yeah. yeah. So Dwayne, what book of the Bible was Blood on the Tracks? Oh yeah. Um, so Blood on the Tracks was Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Yeah. I don't know what? enough about yeah. Jeremiah to make that. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeremiah. Oh yeah. <laughs> totally Jeremiah. <laughs> Let's see here. Okay, so I'll read you. He wrote, ouch, welcome to the 60s hangover that is the 70s, mm-hmm. and Blood on the Tracks was a comeback album, which we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremiah, it's full of sorrow and scorn, but also with longing remembrance and an underlying elusive sense of hope. <laughs> the hits are there for sure, and even the not hits are simply off the chain, but the tragic place the whole holds in the narrative arc Dylan's or the listeners makes it heartbreakingly, breathtakingly beautiful. Wow. That's good. You'll hear people say it's like the best breakup album ever, Mm -hmm. or it's the first real singer songwriter album, or it's a perfect comeback album. But the way he talks about the meetings as well as the partings, like what, what it was like, the good things about loving this person, even as scornful and bitter as it has become at the end, Mm -hmm. make it really compelling, attractive, meaningful you know yeah and so there really is something to that all right matt what's your memory of this album (laughs) (laughs) oh man listeners i gave matt a hard time last time because when he asked me about my album 
it was just like, all right, man, what's your album? So he's working on. Make, work, I'm making amends this time. I'm generally interested. Yeah, we're working on a relationship here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys ever had one of those days? You're on your way to work and you spill coffee on your khakis. You got a lunch appointment that cancels on me. So now what are you going to do? Mm. Well, this was one of those days. It's when I was working with the SWAT team. And you, you have a lot of bad days when you're working in the, the police force. But uh, one day, this madman contacts me and lets me know that he rigged <laughs> a bus with a bomb. And once the bus reaches 50 miles per hour or 80 kilometers per hour for our Chilean listeners. <laughs> Gracias. <laughs> then uh, it, it's going to be armed. It would detonate when it dropped below 50. It was the bus that couldn't slow down. <laughs> so naturally, I got on the bus because that's the type of hero that I am. As I got on the bus, I'm all waving my badge around. Hey, everybody, I'm a cop. I'm a cop, you know. And there's this low-level criminal on there who thinks that we're after him. Arrogant much? Yeah. Anyway, pulls out a gun and shoots the driver. And uh, That's not funny. No. <laughs> Sorry. So then naturally, this lady just jumps behind the wheel to keep it going. Thankfully, the madman showed a little bit of heart because we're able to get the bus driver off. But the guy's like, if anybody else gets off, I'm blowing the whole thing up. Long story short, we can't defuse the bomb, but we use the old looping the uh, security footage trick. Kind of used a criminal trick on the criminal because a lot of times they use that to fool the security. Well, we, we looped the footage because he had a camera on the bus we found out. And, uh, and we fooled him, and we were able to get everybody off of the bus. I get under the bus, and I'm like on a, like a cart, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's keeping me under there, and I'm trying to defuse the bomb. Instead, I accidentally puncture the fuel tank. <laughs> so, <laughs> womp, womp, you know. <laughs> so then we're also running out of gas, so we're definitely going to blow up. So then uh, me and the gal were able to escape last off of the bus, and then it... it uh, very dramatically collides with an airplane and blows up. And then I get off and I was like, man, what a day it's been. And somebody else was like, you think you've had a day. You should listen to blood on the tracks. <laughs> this is nothing compared to what Bob Dylan went through. And I said, oh, do tell. And he, he gave me the CD of blood on the tracks. Man, I cannot believe that happened to you. <laughs> you... Have such a wide range of experiences. That's what's impressive. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just also impressed with how you were, you know, dealing with that situation <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was aware of this album, but it was in my mid twenties that I went through a really difficult breakup. I had heard, whatever you do, if you break up, don't get this album. And so I was like, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Really, I started listening and thought, oh gosh, I mean, I'm I'm in a bad place, but Geez, I'm not there. Because <laughs> right. it was so depressing. So, Dwayne, let's start with that. Is this a breakup album? Yes and no. So, I mean, it, it clearly is. So, the backstory, too, is what you guys probably read while you were, you know, researching this week. He was married to Sarah Dillon, and they'd been married for about 10 years. They had four kids. And so, you kind of imagine, like domestic Bob Dylan, whatever that could have possibly Can you imagine being married to Bob Dylan? I, mean, no. like, I want to hear her album. <laughs> I want her to have a chance to, you know, speak back. Right. Um, they were in the middle of a divorce and it was pretty ugly. And so he does write these songs out of that experience. So I think undoubtedly it is, but I feel like it, 
tackles what it's like to love a person and all the emotions that are involved there from every angle. You know what I mean? Whether it is a little bit of hope or scorn or bitterness or frustration or, you know, remembering or whatever it is. So I, I felt I, I got to defend and at least say it's not only a breakup album. It has reflections on the whole experience. Yeah. As an aside, I think that's probably why it hit me so deep. Cause if I was just in this rough place of like feeling pity for myself, this album made me remember the beauty. Mm-hmm. It almost like dredged up the emotions even more. It does. It, yeah. Instead of yeah. just helping me process through it, it was like, oh, if you're going to process this, you're really going to process this. I was like, oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah. And there's a um, kind of a famous quote by Dylan. He says, I don't know why anybody wants to listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like, it, it's kind of so painful. Like, yeah. why, why would somebody sit around listening to this? The sun was shining, I was laying in bed, wondering if she'd changed it all, if her hair was still red. Her folks, they said our lives together, sure was gonna be rough. They never did like mama's homemade dress, papa's bank book wasn't big enough. And I was standing on the side of the road, rain falling on my shoes, heading out for the east coast, Lord knows I paid some dues, getting through. Tangled up in blue She was married when we first met Soon to be divorced I helped her out of a jam, I guess But I used a little too much force We drove that car as far as we could Abandoned it out west Split up on the docks at night For the green it was bad she turned around to look at me as I was walking away. I heard her say over my shoulder, we'll meet again someday on the avenue. Tangled up in blue. How does Dylan Dylan so well? <laughs> I helped her out of a jam, I guess, but I used a little too much force. Yeah. as one of my favorite lines on the whole album. It's mm-hmm. really memorable, but it, there's something deceptively simple about it or it's almost folksy you know what oh, i mean yeah. it seems really natural it's like yeah i helped her out of a jam but it's too much force <laughs> but we, we all know the emotional what that feels like like i tried as hard as i could yeah and mm-hmm. i screwed the whole thing up anyway and it was actually my fault for trying too hard but he just feel like he says that so simply naturally and then just rolls to the next line and almost you know every other line you're at a line like that yeah even the opening lines we all know what it feels like after having broken up with somebody to wake up in the morning, still thinking about that person. Something as visual as just, I was wondering if, you know, if her hair was still red. There's something about how detailed and specific it is. Mm -hmm. He talks about Delacroix Mm -hmm. going to New Orleans, uh, the color of her hair. Mm -hmm. There is the Dylan weirdness, you know, half of it is about a stripper who reads Dante. (laughs) I mean, mean? like, wait, where are we? Like, how did, how did we get there? And then he comes out of it again. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's that sort of strangeness is there. Uh, but you would think the more detailed it gets, the harder it would be for everyone else to relate to. I've never, Met a stripper that reads Dante. Yeah. But the opposite is true. This probably happened to him. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or something like it. Yeah. So that's my, that's at least my gut feeling on that. That's well said. It remains simple, even with 
putting a lot of detail in there. This, I think, is one of Bob Dylan's best songs, Tangled Up in Blue, like period. Mm -hmm. Top top Mm -hmm. 10, easily. It would be in my top 10 list. What makes it so good is my question. Because see, like in my family, I'm the only kind of crazy Dylan fan. Mm -hmm. But my wife, she likes it. My seven-year-old son likes this song. My 15-year-old daughter, who listens to Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. also likes this song. That I was really interested in coming in here. Like, what makes this song sort of so likable or such a good song? Well, I think the storytelling aspect of it. You do. That's part of it. I yeah. mean, that's a big part of it. You're right. I mean, he, he paints such a vivid picture. And while, you know, I can't necessarily relate to it verbatim, you can relate to it as a human being and, and say, okay, this is the kind of thing that could happen to anyone and again i think just the uh the musicality of it it doesn't have a huge pop sensibility to it but it sort of leans into a catchy i think that's what i agree it's a little bit catchy Mm -hmm. you can find yourself Mm -hmm. like you said making breakfast and saying tangled up in blue like most of the album which is written only in four keys it's very major key Mm -hmm. and very accessible to a listener in terms of song structure and melody personally where he grabs me with this song he repeats the verse melody in each stanza he repeats it two times and then he goes high when he says the first time and i was standing on the side of the road rain falling on my shoes that's when he captures me because the motion comes out when he goes high and also as his voice kind of breaks a little bit rain falling on my shoes the way he delivers that on this album you're in when i was standing on the side of the road rain falling on my shoes Heading out for the East Coast, Lord knows I paid some dues getting through. Tangled up in blue. You move from this guy being removed from telling you a story to feeling like he is sharing his heart. That's interesting. And I hadn't thought of that, the actual way his voice is moving up and down. But like he does the same thing throughout mm-hmm. in Simple Twist of Fate, you know, wishing she'd gone straight. Yeah. You know, he just yep. yells yeah. and it invites you in because he's taking it so seriously. One of my favorite songs of his is Spanish Boots of Spanish Leather. Yeah. That one I feel like I like because he paints this picture that you can see, but you really feel like you're watching a movie. This one, I think, captures these feelings of both remembering longing, reconnecting, all of that experience. And he draws us in not just to the story, but to the emotion of a breakup or relationship, really. Yeah, it's a killer way to start an album. Mm He didn't even have to sing and you already feel something. That progression there is beautiful. They sat together in the park As the evening sky grew dark She looked at him and he felt a spark Tingle to his bones Twas then he felt alone And wished that he'd gone straight and watched out for a simple twist of fate. Again, as the Dylan fan here, you can make the argument that he's a poet as much as songwriter, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know. 
Didn't yeah. he? He won like a Nobel Peace Prize for poetry. He, he did. Yeah, the Nobel Prize or for not literature. Peace Prize for poetry. <laughs> <laughs> the war stopped when we all passed out of these Dylan poems. There's so many lyrics. You know, the the only thing I feel like is comparable is um, some hip hop artists. If mm-hmm. you think of like consciousness rappers, you know, whether it's a group like Tribe Called Quest mm-hmm. or Wu Tang Clan or, or like common or somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's just so many lyrics that you have to contend with when you're listening to it. That's as important, I guess, as just the music of it or whatever. Yeah. Is this song about him hooking up with a a prostitute by the docks? I, I'm just maybe. reading some of the lyrics. He hunts her down by the waterfront docks where the sailors all come in. Maybe she'll pick him out again. Or maybe he's the prostitute. I, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> pimping himself. Yeah. Also, I like uh, he walks along with a parrot that talks. <laughs> That's the I, okay, and you guys, I, I knew I was going to get it on some of these. I mean, there are moments where you're like, "That's so Dylan," and it's it's a little silly, you know. Yeah. But you just, I've learned to get by it. But yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, I mean, if, with what thirty seven albums, you're going to have weird, you're going to have good, you're going to have bad within albums. You're going to yeah. have like yeah. sort of throwaway lines and and weird lines and things like that, but. It's his own fault. He draws us in and paints a picture, and then all of a sudden, I see him walking along with a parrot on his <laughs> There's shoulder. There's a parrot on his shoulder. Yeah, right down by like, the docks. Yeah. yeah, I like to think of a parrot that hangs out with Bob Dylan. Like what it would sound like? <laughs> It'd be like a mumbly parrot, it's like mimicking him. Yeah, Holly, want a cracker? Yeah. <laughs> but you know the thing. The, you know, again, like as someone who doesn't know a, a ton of Dylan, I probably do sort of fall into that oh he just kind of does this all the time you know that's one thing i've noticed with this album is like i have a better appreciation for his vocal range with this album he does get some some higher notes he Mm -hmm. he goes for it here and there you know i think it was last week or week before last uh, rolling stone or or i forget who did it but it was like the best rock singers of Mm -hmm. all time yeah and dylan was like five yeah And, and 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 everybody like lost their stuff yeah you know like how is bob dylan you know that's probably a, a little high but having listened to songs from this album uh, more than his other stuff i do hear that vocal ability more than i i had before i don't think he belongs to the top five on that list i mean best right. songwriter best sure. poet you know yeah. best, some of the best parrot, albums parrot owner <laughs> <laughs> best pirate <laughs> Most likely to talk about Dante and strippers in the right, same yeah, song. Yeah. Um, yeah, but what I would say is it's not that his singing is not that bad. Because if I talk to somebody who's listening to Dylan for the first time, they're always like, oh, the singing isn't that good or the covers are better. That's And my wife mm-hmm. will say that. Oh, I like the covers better. <laughs> and I'm like, no, the originals are more be- are better. But um, it in this one, it's not the singing isn't that bad. No. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, this is the most dated. This yeah. is the one that sounds like it was made in 1974. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got to confess. It's not a bad song if you listen to the stripped down outtakes. Why do you keep talking about strippers? <laughs> that's, all, that's all you want to talk about, stripping. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> Sweet. It nearly swept me 
You have that, there's that same image from the first song. He's standing out in the rain, but she's made it. She's on dry land. Yeah. And that's, that is, it's a scornful lyric. Like, you're a big girl now. I mean, it's a, yeah, I mean, He's lost his parrot. <laughs> Birds. <laughs> He's got his parrot's flown away. He's like, crap. Where'd that bird go? <laughs> that bird. Just like that bird. It's a little bit less reflecting on the good and bad times and feels like he's getting more into the pain and scorn. He is. Yeah. And that's what he says at the end. I'm, I'm going out of my mind with a pain that stops and starts like a corkscrew to my heart. And he's definitely directing his attention at her. You want to be on your own? You're a big girl now. Like, yeah. Okay. If that's how it's going to be like, no. I hope that works out for you. You right. know, I feel like is what he's saying. It, it didn't work out for me. Like you leaving, Mm-hmm. But I hope it works out for you. There's you know? something even condescending, like you're a big girl now. Right. You know, it's like get go ahead and get out of your big girl bed, put on your big girl panties, mm-hmm. <laughs> get in your big girl car. <laughs> he like takes it the whole <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why don't you go eat that big girl breakfast? <laughs> one of your the, big girl job. <laughs> one of the bottom lines is you don't want Bob Dylan writing a song about you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, like you want him writing a song about someone else. That's right. Jacob Dylan, his son, said, "When I hear this." album i can hear it sounds like my parents talking to each other i imagine bob dylan talking in lines to his wife like <laughs> he doesn't talk normal he delivers he delivers poetry, poetry. yeah <laughs> also he's got that bird backing him up yeah. that yeah. parrot on his shoulder you yeah. really made my parrot angry this time <laughs> This, to me, is like a Cormac McCarthy novel. He's my favorite. And a lot of the imagery that he paints is really Mm -hmm. graphic and dark. But, you know, one day you'll be in the ditch, flies buzzing around your eyes, blood on your saddle. I don't even think that's the harshest thing in the song. No, yeah. I mean, there's smoke pouring out of this box corridor. There's something apocalyptic about the destruction that has been left behind, you know. The funny thing to this is I felt like an idiot when I read these lyrics and it came back to me like Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh yeah. Only want to be with you. The references. The references are like verbatim from this. Yeah. Drop in a tangled up in blue. 
in, in as well. The contrast between that song, you know, the Hootie and the Blowfish song, to be, right. to be pulling the lines from this song, yeah, are just um, you know, amazing. Like just the difference between the two, because you're an idiot, babe. Yeah, <laughs> it's mean, an just, odd choice of theirs to be right. quoting Dylan in the first place. Like if there was some modern folk artist like Josh Ritter or something mm-hmm. who's pulling a Dylan lyric, it's like, oh, clearly that's your influence. Right. That's who you want to be mm-hmm. and as a folk artist. And But then when it's this pop college fun band. You yeah, know, quoting party Dylan. band. Yeah. yeah, and quoting this song too. Of all the songs. Yeah. Dwayne, you said this is one of your favorites. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. It has a punchline so, and you have to wait to get to it. Mm-hmm. So it takes eight minutes to get to the end. But in the end, every other time he says, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. And then the end, he says, we're idiots, babe. Yeah. It's a wonder that we can even feed ourselves. There's again, that recognition of like, I contributed to this mess too. Yeah. I, I screwed things up as much as you did. I want to kill you now, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I'm as much to blame as you are. There's like a recognition about human nature. Mm-hmm. As much as I want to point the finger at you, I got to point it at myself too. That for me is really cool. Matt, you do song title Tuesday yeah. on social media. And yeah. primarily it seems to um, gain traction on Facebook. Mm-hmm. This week, the song title Tuesday was about, sick burns yeah did anyone put the song on i don't think anyone put the song on here i mean this is the sick burn yeah (laughs) but you're right there's an interesting to spit that much venom and then in the end to admit you as well are to blame yeah i can't imagine anyone doing that but i can't imagine like in these burn songs as like a rap song or something then going well it's me too the emotions are complex in this breakup that's a good way of thinking about like imagine you're listening to the radio yeah. and it's a pop song about breaking up again. But then at the very end, the person sort of says, but by the way, I'm I also to blame. Yeah. It was part, part of it's my fault. I've got, I'm a human just like you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? That would, that would never happen. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so either. Did I say the last one was my favorite? I love every one of these songs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm such a dork. I've seen love go by my door. It's never been this close before. Never been so easy or so slow. I've been shooting in the dark too long. When something's not right, it's wrong. You're gonna make me lose when you go. This one feels more like 60s Dylan. Yeah, and it's this is the most positive of the songs, but it's probably written about Ellen Bernstein, who's his lover at the time. Like when his relationship with his wife is falling apart, yeah, he moves to Minnesota, sits in a you know shack, but it's probably a nice shack, and <laughs> yeah. and is kind of shacking up with her, <laughs> this woman he met from Columbia Records, and then he writes all these songs. He writes seventeen songs. And 10 of them end up on the album. Oh. and uh, But this one, it, most people think, if you're reading it autobiographically, that it's about her. Like, And, and it's positive, but at the same time, it's like, this isn't going to last either. You know, so. Okay, so he's in Minnesota. He's having an affair. But he's also writing these songs about his wife you know she's trying to enjoy an affair with bob dylan he's just over there like oh you're an idiot (laughs) still thinking that's really interesting and if you listen to go to um listen to the album desire Mm -hmm. which comes out right after blood on the tracks 
and there's a song called Sarah, and it has lines like, I wrote Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands for you. Wow. And he describes like their kids playing on the beach and stuff. And, and that one is like the most autobiographical. Oh. And you get this. And at the end of that song, he's like, I'll never, I will never forget you. You know, there's this sense that like that 10 year marriage with the kids and all that stuff was like so meaningful to him, even though it ended so poorly. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to be the lover on the side. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like it'd be such a bummer during this time. She's like telling her friends, Cheer up. I'm, going to, I'm going to spend some time in a shack in Minnesota with Bob Dylan. It's going to be wonderful. And then yeah. she's like, I know they didn't have cell phones in, but she's like texting her friends like, dude, this guy's such a bummer. Yeah. He's just over here writing songs about his wife all day. And it's cold. <laughs> another really cool thing about this song is the best cover of this song hmm. is by none other than Miley Cyrus purple clover queen is lace crimson hair across your face you could make me cry if you don't know can't remember what I was thinking of. You might be spoiling me with too much love. You're gonna make me lonesome when you go. Billy Ray didn't raise no dice. Okay? <laughs> he he made sure his kids knew what was classy and what was tasteful. Right, and this is what not was business and what was party. Okay, yeah, and so when you listen to it, <laughs> this is not the twerking Miley. You, know? <laughs> so I, I, you read my mind. I, I know, I know. Like, Which yeah. Miley is it? No, this it's is the, the like, country influence. There's a guy playing slide guitar in the back, wow. and she nails it. He went into the studio in New York and Eric Weisberg, who is known for playing dueling banjos from Deliverance, which, by the way, went to number one, which is really weird. It is. If you, if you didn't live through it, like thinking back on that, yeah. you're like really yeah. strange. Yeah, but that song went to number one, but his band was named Deliverance. So he's, he's Was a, the album Deliverance? Probably. probably, yeah. He goes in with his band and apparently Bob Dylan could be pretty difficult to work with. He did this open E tuning and wouldn't show them what he had done. And he insists that people follow along yeah. with him and just kind of know what to do. And if you don't, then you're just, you're just gone. He'll change the verses on the fly. He'll he'll change how many bars are between the choruses. You know, he just each time he gets up, it's like an impromptu thing. And if you're in the room, you got to keep up and catch up. Those sort of stories are really characteristic and indicative of how we kind of how he rolls. If you're Bob Dylan, man, yeah, could, <laughs> that's right. You could do that. Yeah. So he ends up ditching the band because yeah. they can't keep up. Yeah. The, the kind of interesting story is he plays the whole record for his brother. And his brother's like, they all sound the same. And they are. It's the same four mm -hmm. chords and mm -hmm. that open tuning, you know. And his brother's like, they all sound the same. So he stops the presses, you know, calls Columbia and is like, don't release this. 
goes uh, in Minnesota, it re-records five of the songs. Yeah, with a different band, the tuning, yeah. and then like so, Idiot Wind is a, is recorded with that mm-hmm. big band, mm-hmm. and it 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 gives a little bit of variety to the thing. Was in another lifetime, one of toil and blood. When blackness was a virtue, the road was full of mud. I came in from the wilderness, a creature void of form. Come in, she said, I'll give you shelter from the storm. And if I pass this way again, you can rest assured. I'll always do my best for her, on that I give my word. In a world of steel-eyed death and men who are fighting to be warm, come in, she said, I'll give ya shelter from the storm. Not a word was spoke between us, there was little risk involved. Everything up to that point had been left unresolved. Try imagining a place where it's always safe and warm Come in, she said, I'll give you a shelter from the storm I like it because it has the mythic qualities to it Yeah And they're overt on top of the more normal experience of needing to find help in this life Trying to find a woman, trying to find someone who's worthwhile But And it just really quickly turns into you know the one-eyed undertaker and yeah. you know, i mean in that and again i know it's kind of like the parrot but it's like <laughs> i love it yeah there's something bigger mm-hmm. cosmic apocalyptic yeah is it about sarah if it's about sarah then i love it and if it's about his mistress then i hate it i would say then if, you, if those are the only choices <laughs> yeah I'm if there's say. not a third choice that's like it's about just randomly trying to find yeah. someone i think it's about sarah like I thought this was it, yeah. but it wasn't. Right. You could just listen to this song and think, shelter from the storm. That's positive. Right. Like we, all, yeah. we all need a shelter. Oh. But at the end, he's like, I bargained for salvation and you gave me a lethal dose. You know, He's <laughs> left out in the cold without it in the end. And it's like, yeah, man, that's kind of how a lot of life is. I mean, he says, if I could only turn back the clock to when God and her were born. Wow. To do what? Would you go back and not do this all again? Or would you change what you did? Those seem to be some of the questions that he's wrestling with, was it even worth it? And I think he would say yes while shaking his head no. Like, that's really interesting. What's the alternative? Yeah. He's out there. He's he's in a bad situation before he goes to get shelter from this mythic woman. Yeah. But then once she's done with him, he's left out in the cold again. There is a sort of like, what else is there? You know, mm-hmm. like, what what can I do? This one, I think the music matches perfectly. Yeah. Like it even has this feeling towards the end of the album of, of reminiscing. So Bob Dylan's there. He's got his parrot on his shoulder and he's ready to, uh, should the parrot come get you? Peck your eye, eyeballs in. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the one-eyed undertaker. <laughs> yeah, no. It's the parrot. It, that's how the undertaker lost his eye. Uh, he refused to take a song off the blood on the track. So if you want to keep your eyes uh, safe, then what would you remove off this album? Okay, I have thought about this, as you guys know, because I've listened to all your podcasts and knew it was coming. For me, okay, I love Bob Dylan. I love every song. That's become evident. The only three that you could get rid of. Wow, for three. Me, yeah. yeah. Well, I narrowed it down to um, You're a Big Girl Now, 
Lily Rosemary and the Jack of Hearts and Buckets of Rain is actually my least favorite. So Ugh. Buckets, um, that's not the one I'm going to remove. Buckets. I'm not okay. going to remove it. You can't get rid of it because it's the end. Yep. And it's it's you can't end this album with Shelter on the Storm. So that one's off the table. So it's the long rambling story about these three people that I can't even follow, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. or Big Girl Now. And I would get rid of your Big Girl Now because of the hi-hat <laughs> it, it feels the most dated to me it feels the most like that it belongs in the 70s and when i'm listening to the album all the way through i still on a saturday morning i still want lily and the jack of hearts yeah, yeah. i want something to break up mm-hmm. the yeah. the pain or whatever yeah if, does, if that makes sense yeah so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm losing you're a big girl now okay for me it would be meet me in the morning it feels to me dated and i don't know mm-hmm. it's just it doesn't grab me like the other songs i don't connect to it at all Although he does talk about the birds are flying low, babe, in this one, so. Love some birds. Yeah, he's got an eye on that parrot at all times. All right, Dwayne, this was both a wonderful lesson in Bob Dylan for us and hopefully for our listeners. But also, thanks for um, picking such a deep and beautiful album and for being here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Yeah, I loved it. It was fun. Thank you for doing it. Are you going to join us on the Humpin' Around? Yeah, wait. Like, uh, what do I do? Just just say I'm Humpin' Around. I've seen... I've seen seen Bobby Brown over there in the corner the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we look forward to next time. More albums and more fun. Until then, like Bobby Brown, we hope you keep Humpin' Around. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music. <laughs>